Every five minutes, someone dies while waiting for a compatible donor heart, liver, or kidney. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists strive to engineer an animal with human-compatible organs, thereby saving millions of lives. But these ancestors are not the docile herd animals they envision. Instead, the project spawns something big, something evil, something hungry. Ancestor by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler is available for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? It's Noah Daniels, and we're here for another episode of the Real Hauntings podcast. On this episode, I have a special guest co-host. You know her as Stephanie Strange. She is the host of Something Scary. Uh, Stephanie, is it Something Scary or is it Something Scary Official? I know that's the Instagram. I want to make sure I get that out correctly. Yeah, so it is called Something Scary, um, but they're also known under the snarled alias because they are an umbrella. They have like a bunch of, like Something Scary is an umbrella of snarled. So they have other platforms within snarled, if that makes sense. Awesome. And of course, you work with BuzzFeed and work with Travel Channel as well. We're so excited to have you on this episode. Thank you for co-hosting. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be yeah, here. Yeah, absolutely. It's good to catch up. And our guest today, I saw her popping up on not only my personal TikTok, but also uh, the Real Hauntings TikTok for you page. Uh, so it just seemed like we had to reach out and see if she would be kind enough to join us today. Her name is Nikki Bascones. Yeah, she's a pet psychic, which is something we've never we've never had that on the podcast before. We've obviously had a decent amount of psychics and mediums and people who, you know, talk to the dead, but never a pet psychic. So I'm excited to get to interview. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thank you so much. No, I'm, I'm excited to be here with you guys. Yeah, absolutely. And I was looking through kind of what you offer as far as your services, and it looks like you offer more than just straightforward psychic to pet relationship. Is that correct? Well, I do the animal communications and then my husband does the pet grief support coaching, if that's what you were referring to. Yeah. Okay, cool. So kind of a, a one-stop shop for helping people out with maybe pets that have passed away. Yeah. So I can connect with the animals that are both living and in spirit. But if someone wants more of like a life transformational coaching session, my husband hops on board for that. So I want to go ahead and get this question out of the way so we can jump in. It's something we ask all of our guests. We call it our believometer. Zero meaning you don't believe in ghosts and 10 ghosts are absolutely real. Where do you fall on that scale? I think everything's real. I mean, ghosts, spirit, it's all the same. They are here. They see us. Absolutely. <laughs> thought you were going to be like Chubacabra, Bigfoot, aliens, the whole <laughs> shebang. Cool. Well, I kind of figured based on what you do, that was where you kind of fail. So I wanted to go ahead and get that question. <laughs> there wouldn't be super suspenseful on today's episode. Yeah. So the thing I'm most curious about is how did you discover you had this ability? And at what point did you decide, hey, this is going to kind of be me. This is who I am. What's interesting, though, is it's only been about a year that I've been doing this. I used to be a lawyer. And last July, I quit my lawyer gig and went full-time animal communication. So I didn't even find out that animal communication was possible until about probably five years ago. So this wasn't something I was doing while growing up. I wasn't seeing spirits and talking to the birds and the squirrels. I learned it in my late 20s. And then I just started reading book after book. And every book, all by different authors, every book said, we all have this ability. That was a common theme among everything. So I was like, all right, well, if everyone is saying this, then it must be true. So I started just practicing. 
And I would ask people, hey, can I do a free reading on your pet? Give me feedback. And I started getting very detailed feedback back. And I was like, okay, there's something to this. And that's how it started. And I've only been doing it a year, like professionally a year and like two months, but overall like a year and a half. Wow. Stephanie, I'm curious if you could pick one animal, if there was only one you can talk to on a daily basis, who would you choose or what would you choose? Elephants. I feel like they're so smart and I love the fuzzy hair like on the baby elephants and like I don't know I just feel like can I comb your hair like (laughs) like how do you feel today I don't know I just I love elephants they're so smart and I've heard from a lot of people that like they think we're cute like you know how we think animals are cute they think we're cute so I think that'd be so fun to talk to like a really smart animal like elephants and then second best dolphins. Okay. Well, I I like how you kind of went big and bold with your answer. Mine is squirrels, which now I'm thinking that might be a little overwhelming with just how many there are. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, Stephanie, I love that you said elephants because that's how it started for me. I took one animal communication workshop. It was a two hour workshop. And the the host teacher said, we're going to talk with this elephant in Thailand. That's all we knew. Okay. So I'm like, all right. She pulls up a picture. Not even though we didn't even have a picture. She just said, did she have a picture? I don't remember. I don't think so. She just said this elephant in Thailand and she gave us the elephant's name. And I connected in, had no idea what I was doing. This was the very first time I ever tried it. And I got the color, the, the, the word green, like, like she ate something green and she had foot problems. That's all I got. I later found out that she was at a sanctuary for foot issues and that that day she ate cucumbers. And I was like, what? what? It was the first time ever. And that's how it started. And when you say that came to you, I know that, you know, like I said, we've had a lot of psychic and mediums on. We have friends of the show that are psychics and mediums that I've gotten to kind of talk to in, in great detail. I know that there's not just one way that people receive information from spirit. So how does that work for you? Exactly right. The messages come just like we as humans learn. So some of us are visual learners. Some of us like to touch it or see it be done. So depending on what your strong sense is, that's how you're going to start receiving your psychic senses. So for me, I'm a very visual person. I have to see it. My husband's always saying, let me read this to you. Tell me how it sounds. And I'm like, no, give it to me. I have to read it. Right. So for me, I receive like flashes, images across my mind's eye, or a lot of times it's like a sudden knowing just implanted in my mind. For me, it's probably the two most common ways I see things. And then I just have this sudden gut feeling. So when I do my sessions with these animals, I truly do feel like I know what these humans' houses look like. It's pretty cool. And I guess maybe I was under the wrong misconception. So are you usually dealing with animals that are currently living or animals, spirits that have passed away? Both. It's probably like 60% animals that are living and maybe 40% that are deceased. It really depends. Some months it's like all deceased. Other months it's all living, but it's a good mixture of both. That's really interesting. And what is kind of the, and and this is maybe a a wide range, but I'm just curious for the animals that are living, the people that are coming to talk to you, what is usually the information they're seeking? It depends. So sometimes they are having a certain issue. Their dog has separation anxiety. They're nonstop barking. They're wondering how they're feeling. They're getting older, but other times they're just genuinely curious how to improve their life. When I do my sessions, regardless of what specific questions that people have, I cover everything, food, bedding, the house, likes, dislikes, favorite activity, 
what they think of their humans, what they want to do this week. So it's really just like a whole spread of their life. Do you think that there is like a difference between on how you read animals and people? Because I feel like with people, um, you know, it, it, I think if, when you do readings, and I'm sure you've been doing it for a while, there's certain, you, you notice certain repeated themes and questions. Have you tried reading people? And if so, do you notice a huge difference between people and animals? I've tried twice a while ago. It's just not what I desire to do. So I haven't really explored that further and practiced for me personally. And because I haven't done it, I don't really know how to navigate it. Like, I feel like the connection's probably the same because spirit is spirit. And when I talk to the animals, they sometimes mention the humans that they're with and what they look like and give me details about the humans. So we're all going to the same place, but it's just not something I've done. So I, do I think that we can all do both? Sure. Do I think some people it comes more easier to than others? Definitely. But I think it's something that we all have the ability to tap into. It sounds like you were very interested in this before you jumped in. Had you had any experiences with the supernatural prior to becoming a pet psychic? No, none. I just had two dogs that I loved. And when I, when I heard it, when I found out that animal communication was possible from a massage therapist, like something inside of me was like, wait a minute, what was that? Look into that a little further. But I wasn't even like growing up, I wasn't even this overly crazy animal lover. I mean, we had pets growing up, but not any that I was like, had a real full connection with really. So it really just kind of came out of nowhere, which is why I think it was kind of just deep in me somewhere, whether it's past live stuff, I don't know. But it was something that wanted to expand for sure. Stephanie, you're out in LA. That just sounds like something that would happen to you in LA. You're getting like a deep tissue massage and your <laughs> massage therapist is like, let me tell you about being a pet psych. <laughs> <laughs> There's definitely a lot of, um, I feel, I don't know, personally, I think after being here for eight months versus Denver, I feel like Denver is a, has a lot more spiritual people though. Yeah. I mean, maybe because I'm just still new um, and I haven't met a lot of people, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of interesting characters, though, for sure, out here. Um, but, I, you know, actually going back to what I was saying earlier and, and your point of, like, you've never tried reading people, but you felt more connected to animals. I actually thought about that because I've only read people. I've never really tried to read animals. And I'm sure, like, it's like a muscle. Like, there's a certain muscle that you have to tap into. So for you, I mean, it's a huge, that's a huge change, life change from being a lawyer to all of a sudden tapping into that spirituality aspect and making that into a career. So like, would you say like in your previous experience with being a lawyer and now and in your current work now, are they like, I know they're vastly different, but in a way you have to be emotionally invested in certain things. Like, do you feel like your previous job uh, like helps you out in any shape, way or form with your current job and what you do now? Or like, what was it, you know, I know it's a two question, like what made that jump, but also like, do you notice anything that might be similar? I think what, so the connection between the two is I think people take me a little more seriously. They're like, oh, she was a lawyer. So maybe she is legitimate. Cause a lot, I think a lot of times people think psychics and mediums, they're kind of just like wackadoodle and, you know, and then they find out that I was a lawyer and they're like, oh, okay, wait a minute. Let me see what she has to say, which is ridiculous, but welcome to modern day society. Right. As a lawyer, did it help me where I'm at now? I think it, I mean, it, it must've in some regard. And I think mainly just dealing with people and not dealing with people, but having the confidence to work with people because I, sometimes I'm working with a lot of grieving pet owners. So it's just navigating the energy of that and the conversations and just the confidence in general, because as a lawyer, I was very uncomfortable. You know, I was a predominantly 
male profession. I was in court, you know, I was a young female. So just right there, you're kind of out of your element, but it, it forced me to just kind of stand strong within myself, which fast forward, quitting being a lawyer, going into being a pet psychic, the skill that I developed of standing strong in myself and being confident, I think was further enhanced by the lawyer stuff for sure. And I'm sure it helped you as well, dealing with emotional confrontation. You know, you're dealing with people who may have lost their pets or have current issues going on. And I would imagine there are some part of you that is an empath if you're able to do this. But being a lawyer, you probably had to take on a lot of people's emotions. So I'm sure it kind of helps you stay guarded as well. Yeah, definitely. And also, which I just thought of right now is reading kind of between the lines. Someone says something, but what are they actually thinking? You know? A lot of times we say something, but it's like, okay, that's not really what you're, what you're concerned about. What are you actually concerned about? So one thing we've heard doing this podcast, you know, we've had guests kind of warn us that if we continue down this path, we're going to kind of kick up supernatural around us. You know, we're going to start having glasses sliding on the table or, you know, what have you, have you noticed any difference in your day-to-day -day life since you've been doing this? The fact that I'm just more open to it. I think I'm more aware of what's already happening around all of us that people miss. So there are times like with the animals, a lot of it happens with the animals. There are times where I, a bird will say something and I, and I, and I, and I receive it. I look and I'm like, now I just know it's a bird and I know they're talking to me or, or whatever type of animal. Whereas someone else might just brush that off. Like that was just a random thought or whatever. Um, but I do kind of see, I think I can read life better. Like I'm calmer because things make more sense now. I feel like I have more control. And to what you said about the more you do this, glasses are gonna start sliding. How freaking awesome. Like, that's just awesome. I thought you were right? gonna say my glass just slid across. No, I was like, oh, like, okay, come on. No, I've <laughs> never had that happen. But I mean, I've received messages from my deceased pets and it's like, this stuff is out there. And you know, there's no one, this is right, this is wrong. But there, there is like a truth in the sense that spirit, like, there are other dimensions and realms. Like, I don't know how anyone can just, you know, discredit that. Like it's there, whether you want to believe it or not. So it's like just being open to what might come and you're just going to have way more cool experiences. So I know you've been doing kind of a media blitz or, you know, you've been interviewed recently by like the news and things like that. How many times do people introduce you as like the modern day Dr. Doolittle? Has that happened yet? Yeah, I think two news articles said the real Dr. Doolittle. And I <laughs> laughed out loud. Like the, the news headlines I crack it. me up. I mean, my whole life, the, no, the news, I was like, that's a bunch of crap. The news is all false. But when I'm like the topic of discussion, I love it because it stops. You know, the word travels and more people, a lot of people don't even know animal communication is possible. But there's a news article, holy smokes, it travels quick. It's something I find interesting in kind of my own life. I've always felt connected to animals, not in the way that, that you described, just I guess I want to have like every animal as a pet. My wife tells me that if we had a farm, we wouldn't actually do any farming. I would just go out and like feed them <laughs> and hang out with them. To the extent that I've always felt very connected to cardinals, which I know is not unusual kind of like in you know, the zeitgeist of, of mankind, but then I got like a giant cardinal tattoo on my arm for people that are more empathic in general. Like I kind of consider myself an empath. I've almost never met a dog that I can't win over within, you know, a few minutes and, and things like that Are people like that more acceptable to being able to have some line of communication with animals, even if it is like nonverbal or, or what do you, cause I'm sure there's a lot of people listening that have had 
the same experience I have that love animals and things like that. Like, what is your message to people like me in, in that way? It's just going with it because when you have that compassion, the animal's spirit, whomever, doesn't have to work through the disbelief or the gunk that's there or like societal's like, no, this is impossible. This isn't possible. And you just, your life is more calm and mm. you just feel more connected, whether it's to animals, to nature. I mean, I've had experiences with trees. I'm not going to say I go around talking to trees, but it's like, what I know is that I know nothing and anything is possible. This episode of the Real Hauntings Real Ghost Stories podcast is brought to you by Wild Grain. Hey everyone, it's Noah Daniels and I'm here to talk to you again about Wild Grain. Our last shipment of Wild Grain was so good that my four-year-old cannot stop asking for more of that awesome bread with dinner. And I'm not going to lie, I'm right there with him. And honestly, there's nothing quite like the smell of fresh bread baked coming from the oven. What if I told you that you too could get that delicious experience of homemade bread with none of the time and work involved? Well, you can by ordering from Wild Grain. Wild Grain is the first ever bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. Every item bakes frozen in 25 minutes or less, no thawing required. And you can now fully customize your Wild Grain box, so you can choose any combination of breads, pastas, and pastries. You can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. Plus, for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box. When you go to wildgrain.com hauntings to start your subscription. You heard me. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com hauntings. That's wildgrain.com hauntings, or you can use promo code hauntings at checkout. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. And Stephanie, I'm curious um, because you have some gifts that, you know, kind of delve in with spirit. Do you believe or, or have you had experiences with spirit guides and and because that's uh we have released an episode today with evelyn and jess kind of their standalone podcast they do every month and they kind of dove head first into spirit guides because i was wondering you know could an animal actually be your spirit guide because i've heard that before or just kind of where do you stand in general on that topic stephanie yeah i definitely believe that animals can be spirit guides actually when i was first diving into my spiritual journey a lot of people kept saying that i have a lot of like cat like black panther black jaguar um energy and i'm like what i'm like and i'm obsessed with animals so i thought that was so interesting that people were picking up on that because not once in that conversation did i bring up cats and you know i had a cat of 15 years and that was i feel like you know 
that was my everything. That was, I, she was my everything. She still is my everything. And I feel like she's there. And my husband, he doesn't, so he's also very sensitive and very intuitive, but he was never really a visual person. And when my cat passed away, he started to see her everywhere. And I couldn't see her. I think I blocked it off because it was just too much for me. Like, in fact, I remember when she passed away, I chose not to see her body before she left because it's just too hard on me. Um, and so, but he saw her everywhere. And I noticed that after she passed away, I had a, a I get like bad luck almost. I felt like everything was just like a lot of bad things was happening to me. Like I got a ticket. I got two flat tires, like all this random stuff started happening. And fast forward, someone messages me on Facebook and they're like, hey, I have an orange female tabby. Do you want her? And I'm like, what the heck? And that's what Moochie, my cat was. She was an orange tabby, which are not as common. It's mostly male orange tabbies um, or red tabbies, I guess, whatever you want to call it. And I thought that was such a weird sign. And you know what? Um, when I got the cat and I took her home with me it's almost like I felt at ease again and I know it's because I have another cat but the end I felt like a wealth of abundance again and I know that sounds so silly but you know then I started getting on TikTok and everything it was around the same time like it just was really interesting so I don't know I think in a way I felt like that was my cat like in spirit saying like here you go like it's going to be okay. And like, I feel like she's with me still. I don't know. <laughs> totally. I mean, they, and they, that's how it works. They send us messages in a way that we're going to receive them. So you were saying that you were blocking her off. You weren't seeing her or feeling her. And she's like, all right, mom, you know what? I'm going to try something else, you know, cause your husband was seeing her. So they do things that we can't ignore. Like this cat, well, you said it was kind of rare, like this type and whatever the female that's, that's how it works when you're open to it. A lot of people could have just you know, you dove into that and you were like, I think it's a sign you felt better. People who aren't receptive to this stuff might just think nothing about it. And then they continue on and they miss out on this great abundance of like awesomeness that really just landed in their lap. And then their animal and spirit, human and spirit has to keep trying different ways. Yeah. And like, it's also going back to like how people always say like, oh, this animal saved me or this pet saved me. And you know, I forgot to mention this to this small bit and I'll stop talking about myself, but, uh, but basically when I inherited that orange tabby, that's, um, so I ended up getting her, getting her fixed. Right. And I'm like, you know what, I'm going to request an extra two days off. And that's when my job shut down because of the pandemic and two people had gotten COVID. So I almost feel like, imagine if I would have said, no, it's not time. I probably would have been one of those sick people. You know, it was so interesting how all of that, like, panned out so I do believe that you're right they give you messages in so many different ways and I really take it to heart when people say that animal saved me because it can be in so many different ways that we don't even think about definitely and Nikki that's a good segue for my next question I would love if you could share with us just some of the amazing things that you've seen doing this for people you know just maybe some of the experience obviously you don't have to name names or anything like that but just some of the like cool experiences you've seen that have really made people whole or kind of brought them relief when you've worked with them with being you know a pet psychic or medium a lot of people always ask me that question I'm like there's so much there but the overarching most awesome thing that I've realized happening for me doing this work is not only just talking with the animals, of course, that's, that's the best, but it's people realizing 
based on the session that I give them, how observant and perceptive their animals truly are to everything. So a cat or a dog, a horse, a turtle, whatever, they're not just these little beings kept inside or going outside and they don't really have any thoughts or cares. Like they notice everything. I've had horses talk about people's finished or redone basements that were on a different property. I've had cats talk about people's offices and the layouts and how everything was and how the mom was upset because there were no windows and she felt claustrophobic. It's like they notice everything. What's really been great is when there's an active problem that the pet owner is experiencing. And after the session, when it instantly is fixed, that doesn't happen all the time, but with separation anxiety is a common one where the problem stops in immediately. So this one dog bell, I still remember her name. She would, mom had a camera in the house so she could see what her dog was doing when she would leave. And this dog was, was screaming, wailing, pacing, like freaking out when mom would leave. I connected in and I said, bell, what's going on? And she said, I miss having a job that I used to have at my old house. I don't feel important anymore. I had no idea what that meant. I don't ask the people questions ahead of time. I just share what I get. I later found out after the session, they moved to Bermuda from a 200 to a beach house from a 200 acre farm. And at the farm, this horse or this, do this dog, her job was to every morning and every night, mom would say, go search the perimeter. And this dog would go around the whole property, not the whole 200 acres, but the whole, the big property and just inspect it. So now she's at this beach house and she's like, what the heck do I do with myself? So I told mom, I was like, you need to give her, you need to give her a job, whatever that is. I don't know what that is. Um, so the mom was like, okay. So later that day, she had to go run some errands. And she said, Belle, your job is to protect the downstairs. Every hour, go upstairs, do rounds and come back down. And I'm not kidding you. I got a text later that night. The mom went out, the dog, Belle, not a peep, not a whine, sat downstairs every couple hours, went upstairs, came back down. So it's like, sometimes it's really that simple. And other times, like when with animals in spirit, it, it's changed my perception of death because they still see us, our house, our job after they passed. I had a dog one time, her name was Petunia. Her name is Petunia, was, is, whatever, same thing. She said, I said, do you have any advice for humans? I always ask animals, whether living or deceased, if they have advice for the humans. They always do. It's hysterical. But this dog, she said, why is there a runner underneath the, the dining room table? It's totally useless. And I'm like, what the heck? So after the session, the mom sends me an email cracking up saying that they have this little thin runner underneath the dining room table. And she's been saying to her husband for two months, the dog passed away months ago. She's been saying to her husband for months, why is this runner here? It's totally useless. And their dog in spirit brought that up. So it's like when, when people hear this stuff, they're like, holy smokes, because this whole runner thing happened after she passed away. And I think it can just help ease the aching heart because there's really no heart or path sometimes when people lose an animal. When, when humans pass away, we kind of expect that. With animals, we take it a little bit differently, I think, I, I find with a lot of people. So it's messages like that that really just kind of soothe the heart. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of a cruel twist of fate. You know, I, I've always had dogs and in, in my experience, they've been in, incredibly kind and loving, but they are here for in the grand scheme of an average human life, I guess we'll say for a short period of time. Right. And they, they do feel or feel for a lot of people, you know, avoid 
uh, and make them kind of feel whole. But I guess the flip side of that is there are so many dogs, cats, turtles, ferrets, whatever that need homes. You know, it's, it's, it's great that there are people that can, you know, it's kind of a, a good symbiotic relationship, I mm-hmm. guess, if that Absolutely. makes sense. Yeah, for sure. So I imagine you do come across skeptics, you know, maybe not when you're interviewing people, but just at some point in your life, what is your message to people that may be a bit skeptical that you can talk to animals? It's just sitting with that skepticism and and asking yourself why. Is it because you've always been told it's not possible, right? We're, we're grown up, I think, in modern day society, not really nurturing these psychic abilities. Psychic, this the word psychic, I feel, is so taboo. It's not so much now as it used to be, but it's like if you were told something your whole life, it's asking yourself, okay, why do I believe that? Because my parents told me or like, do I have experience with that? And it's just being open-minded because if you're open-minded, there might, you know, there's things in the world that I might not agree with, but if I'm open-minded to like seeing the possibility, okay, I can later choose. No, it's not for me or, or it changes your opinion, but it's, I, there's a lot of skeptics out there, which is, and it's usually the men, the husbands I find, which is interesting. No, no, uh, like I'm not trying to call out the men here, but just in my experience, but it's really fun when, when these couples get the animal communication sessions and the animal says things so very specific and the husband's like, whoa, like how did she know that? Yeah, undeniable. Yeah. Actually, I wanted to add to that too. Not yet, right. We're not trying to call men out here with that, but like when I used to sit in psychic development classes, it was only women and maybe with like one or two guys. And my husband was like the one or two guys. (laughs) So interesting that you say that. So, I mean, that you also experienced that too. Yeah, I feel like for whatever reason, and I don't want to say, you know, the history history of our country and the world is kind of crossed on women, you know, who are perceived to have abilities. I mean, you look at, you know, how quote unquote witches were treated um, back in the day. But I think as you kind of move forward with time, people are a little more willing to accept that women are intuitive or maybe women are more comfortable with that. But I agree. It's uh, it is, I mean, just look at the booking of our podcast. We rarely have male guests and it's not because we wouldn't have male guests on. It's just because there aren't a ton of people out there waving their flag saying, Hey, I'm a psychic or medium, or, you know, I have a bunch of ghost stories that, that are men. So yeah, that is kind of an interesting part of, you know, this field. Add something to that. I think it's a little bit of, men maybe and this is just me talking it through with you guys i don't know like if men feel like they don't want to be vulnerable in that way because down to like the primitive roots you know men are stronger women are the moms right that's kind of like so it's like the mom the, the women are more intuitive to their babies and stuff like that and the men are out like being fighting and providing for the family that times have changed but i think that i'm wondering you know maybe that's part of it where It's just, they don't want to be perceived as maybe weak and a guy saying, oh, well, it's a gut feeling I have. Like, I don't know. And we were talking about things being accepted and and people, you know, uh, being more agreeable that somebody can be a psychic or medium or a pet psychic or medium. I think if you take how our culture's view of aliens is changing right now, I think, you know, it's, it's fascinating. I grew up in a very conservative small town and actually went back 
this weekend for Father's Day. It was my first time I've been back since the pandemic because it's a bit of a hike. And it was interesting. People there learning that I have this podcast. And of course, they had tons of questions and stuff. They were interested in all of them or almost all of them brought up aliens, which is not a fixture of our podcast. I think in our 170 episodes, we've done maybe three on aliens, but the fact that the government or our government is releasing, you know, videos from Air Force, Navy, et cetera, not necessarily saying like we believe little green men are flying around, but hey, here's this thing. We don't understand it. It's not us. It's not them. We don't know what this is. That little bit of permission had all these like extremely, you know, traditional conservative men being like, oh, I believe in aliens now. They're definitely out there. So mm -hmm. it's fascinating that once you have an authority figure, kind of tell the general pop, hey, you know, something's here. It's kind of okay. You know, we're going to explore this now. The weight that lists for people to admit, like, I'm super curious in this. I believe in it. And, you know, maybe that'll happen as time moves forward with the supernatural field in general, because I know when we started, um, JJ on our podcast was like a zero on the, the, the believe meter and he's very scientific minded, et cetera. And now he's like a I don't know, five on that scale, because you get to where you see and hear and know so much, it gets to be a little bit undeniable to where you can just blanket statement. It's not real, you know, so. Right. And it just, to me, it doesn't make sense that we are like the only living beings just out of the whole entire galaxy universe. Like that just like, that doesn't make sense. Like why would there be all this space? I mean, I don't know. But then like you hear all these stories about people who right before they pass, they say things like, oh my God, look at what well, one person said, oh my gosh, look at all my animals. They're all together. And then she died or people that had dementia. I've heard like they, they haven't been able to speak in years and they're right about to pass. And they say like three very clear sentences to their daughter that they, you know, it's just stuff like that. It's like, there is something else out there and we're all still here. So we don't know for sure. Right. Yeah, actually, that, that kind of seg segues into a question I had for you as well in, in terms of like just your background and everything, because I'm sure maybe this just might be me assuming and I apologize for that. But like, you know, coming from a career where, you know, you were a, lo a lawyer, I'm sure there's a lot of people who were skeptical because it's male dominated. It's just that was very logical thinking. You have to, you know, be very much meticulous and buy the book with things. So like, I I'm sure you might have had friends in that career over time. So like, or I'm, I don't know if you did or didn't, but I guess it's a question too. Did you have a lot of skeptical friends when you were a lawyer? And then like when you decided to transition into your new career change, like what was that like? Cause I know for me, I was atheist and I did not believe in anything. I was very skeptical. So when I went through this whole change of going into a spiritual journey, it was hard. So just curious, did you go through anything similar like that with like your social, your friends and family? And type of, type so of not so much, Stephanie. And this is why I think that's the case. Most people have animals and if they have a pet, they love their pet. So just hearing that maybe someone can communicate with them, their guard is like let down a bit because they're like, well, they want to believe it, you know? So the people that aren't really animal lovers don't have pets. Yeah. They're just like, what the heck? But, but then they knew me professionally and personally. And they're like, okay, well, you're like a smart cookie, you know, well, um, and it makes them think a little bit because they saw me in court and stuff. So it was easy. It was harder for them to just be like, you're nutso. But I, I think a really good, a really good um, unique thing about my business is no matter what you do profession, if you have a pet, you love that pet. 
which is why like I've had radio sports sports centers contact me, like all these random um, podcasts and radio shows that have nothing to do with animals, but they all love their pets. I'm sure when you saw my message, you're like, yeah, that one hits it on the nail. This is probably a, a good space. <laughs> yeah, I was like, um, no questions needed there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a great question, Stephanie. I, I appreciate you asking her that. That's because I imagine it would. I mean, it's great that you had that kind of intro into what you do now, because I don't know. I don't know what. Uh, do you mind if I ask what part of the country you're from? I am in Pennsylvania, United States, East Coast. Okay. Well, I can't so, imagine. Which is not out West. Most right. of my followers are from the analytics on TikTok and Instagram. It says that like 80% of my followers are from California Yeah, and women. That tracks. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. All right. I think our average demo is like, it's definitely mostly women. I want to say like 70% women ages like 30 to 50 or 60. Yes, that's exactly mine. Yeah. Mine's yeah. like 40 to 55. I bet you Stephanie Brog brings in the young crowd though, because she has like almost a million followers on TikTok. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, I have like a younger, yeah, people in like their younger 20s, I would say for sure. But oh, women and also in California. I'm like, oh, okay. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's really neat. Well, Nikki, um, we appreciate you coming on so much. I mean, I would love for you to share with our audience kind of where they can find you, maybe who's a great candidate to reach out to you and, um, you know, that kind of information. Definitely. So I am on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, YouTube. My username is Nikki Vasquez. There are so many imposter accounts out there, guys, like just Nikki, N-I-K-K-I-V-A-S-C-O-N-E-Z. I'll never direct message you for readings. Don't pay someone that solicits you. So I'm on all social media. And then my website's NikkiVasquez.com. It has more details. The people that are good candidates to reach out is really just anyone that wants to form a deeper connection with your pet because they have things that they want to say. They have advice for you. And it's really just nice like hearing their words. And what's interesting is a lot of the times, you're already going to know most of this stuff because you're that deeply connected with your pet, but it's just nice to have that confirmation. Well, Stephanie, thank you so much for coming on. It is always such a great thing to catch up with you. You're obviously one of our favorite people in the real hauntings universe. You have always been there for us. How can our fans who for whatever reason are slacking and have not checked you out yet, how can they find you? Yeah, you can find me on TikTok and Instagram and YouTube, but TikTok and Instagram are the same. So it's Stephanie, S-T-E-F-F-A-N-Y underscore strange. And then YouTube is just Stephanie Strange. So you guys can find me on all of those platforms. And I have one last question, and maybe it's a bit of a controversial question. I don't know. It's just something that has kind of been in my mind during this interview. I don't know if you're a vegan, but like how has this affected the way you kind of look at food. I mean, I, to me, that would be, it's hard for me to eat. Like I do it, but it's hard for me to eat like pork knowing like how sentient pigs are. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know a lot of animals are it, one of the hardest lessons I ever learned coming from the South one day, I can't remember who I was talking to, but I was like, Oh man, you know, I went to this farm and like the cows were so nice and the da da da. And they were like, yeah, they're all domesticated animals. That's okay. why they're farm animals because they trust the farmers. And I was like, no. Um, so I, I don't know. That's a long-winded way just to ask a question. Has this influenced you at all in that way? Yes and no. So I am vegan. 
And I was actually vegan before I got into this work solely because I had a lot of digestive issues growing up and I could not digest dairy, cheese. So that what I couldn't have dairy or cheese forever. Meat was like the last thing to go just because I couldn't digest it. And then I got, I was still eating eggs. Then I just started feeling better not having any of that. So went completely vegan, was like raw vegan for a year or two, then got into the animal stuff. And that's when the mindset shift happened. So I previously was vegan because I felt better health-wise. And then I was vegan because I also just, why would I want to eat the animals? I want to talk to them, right? That was just me personally. So it was kind of a double thing there. I feel like the animal spirits were like, she's the one. (laughs) (laughs) With that, I'm Noah Daniels. And I'm Stephanie Strange. I'm Nikki Vasquez. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.